Hello, listeners, and welcome to Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not, a podcast where four siblings watch, read, listen to, consume in some way, mysteries, mayhem, murder, crimes, heists, and the like. For this episode, we read the book The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris, and we recorded in October of 2017. Warnings for this episode include cannibalism, serial murder, animal cruelty, and we are pre-apologizing for discussion using the historical language used to describe trans people that was current in the book. As always, the Count the Penises segment is henceforth known as the Patriarchy Bullshit Scale, and you can find further information about that and the podcast in general on our website, mostlymurderbutsometimesnot.com, which is the same as our email address, mostlymurderbutsometimesnot at gmail.com. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both of those handles are at mostlymurderpod. That should be everything for this episode, so thank you for listening, and enjoy! You are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia, Carolyn, the bookworm, Madeline, the wild card, and Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder. But sometimes not. Alright, welcome everybody to another episode of Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not. I think this is our tenth episode, correct, siblings? Yes. No idea. As far as we know. Yes, I think At we're the on the moment of recording, it's the tenth one we've recorded. All right, we might switch things up. Who we knows? might not. But um, anyway, I'm Maddie, and I have with me my siblings. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. How do we want to do this? Like, what order do we want to? Old the young. Who cares? I don't know. The best to the worst. Okay. I get it. Oh, hi, I'm back. <laughs> I'm the one who gets to edit gotcha. this. No, it's more fun that way. I'm Katie. No, it's not. Carrie just gets to cheat. I'm the oldest and the, uh, oh, what am I? The eccentric. No, you're the eccentric. I'm the encyclopedia. I'm the eccentric. <laughs> I'm and I'm Mac. Terry? Terry? Why did Hi, you... Terry. No, Mac cut me off. Rude, Mac. I know. No, well, no crosstalk in this. I'm Carrie. Actually, that's pretty There's much all, all crosstalk. That's there basically the entire people. thing. We're doing it right now. I refuse to participate. You just did. No, I didn't. What's your name? I've introduced you myself like seven times. Well, uh, it wasn't clear. And if you don't give us a clear name, we're going to have to make one for you, buttfart. I'm Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm Carrie. Your constant mood of life, Carrie. I'm Carrie. Like there are pictures of you as a child that I could picture you. No, here, I was same. looking. Her default my, behavior is Squidward. I was looking through those like, pictures I'm yesterday, Katie, and showing Sorry. my friend I'm something Carrie. else. What? I wasn't. Listening. I was like looking through my Facebook pictures because I was looking for a specific picture to show one of my friends, and I found that picture of me when I was two, and that like look <laughs> on my face and. 
she totally knew yeah what i was talking about and i was like this is my constant you're just constantly judging attitude. everyone around you and like it's not a judgment thing i, I know but like that's what the face looks like thing. okay a little bit like it's uh resting disdain face <laughs> yes yeah carrie has got resting it. disdain face yes even though she only has, you know, a moderate amount of disdain for the world at large. Well, yeah. for the, yeah. she used to. Now it's moderate to large. <laughs> yeah. Like right now. This but that moment. has more to do with the world and less and Twitter. to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's if you look country by country, then like the disdain Finland's doing grows great. the closer you are to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually um, i spent the anyway. last week not really like, paying attention to twitter and it was quite a pleasant week and then i went on yesterday and i went oh everything's fucked on fire <laughs> guys let's move on to more cheery anyway topics. Maddie, what are we talking about this week let's talk about cannibalism yay yay, yay! That's a much later topic yeah um so Yes, speaking of cannibalism, we're talking about Hannibal the Cannibal. No, um, that's the first book. I know, but uh, he's in this one. It is Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris, and it was published in 1988. It's a psychological thriller, um, and stars, or I guess I don't think books star people. They don't. <laughs> no. So, um... It features a... Did they feature people? Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, features yeah, I think Johnny Depp had a cameo. <laughs> Silence. You you lamb. Out of the gate. That's that was the down. worst joke. I think that was all of my joke <laughs> bucks say. forever. <laughs> no, Max told much worse jokes for a single joke buck, so I think we can just go with one for you for now. But my standards are higher. Okay. Anyway. I so, that. yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Clary Starling is the protagonist. That's a good word. Um, and she is, like, in the FBI training program at Quantico. And Jack Crawford is the head of the, um, what is it, the special... Behavioral forensics analysis unit? Behavioral department. Something. Yeah. Um, yeah, at Quantico. He kind of helped her to get into the program, but ever since he's kind of, like, ignored her. Did he help her get in, or was he just, like, a big reason why she went into it? I think he helped her get in. I think he might have, I don't know, written a letter or something. But, I mean, like, she totally deserves to be there. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. But... It might have been difficult for her to get in if she didn't have any contacts. Maybe. I'm sorry. I'm I don't know. Making your introduction go long. Continue. Cross talk. Um. So, uh, kind of in the background, uh, there is, or well, at now the beginning, it's the background. Buffalo Bill is a serial killer, and, um, kind of in the past, Hannibal Lecter was a like a serial killer who was caught by the FBI with the help of Jack Crawford and then is now in the Baltimore um state hospital hospital for the criminally insane. Um 
Jack wants Clarice to go kind of get information about um, Buffalo Bill or kind of get help catching Buffalo Bill from Hannibal Lecter. But Clarice doesn't know this when she first goes. He kind of sends her under the pretense of taking a questionnaire for um, Dr. Lecter Lecter to look over. And um, so Jack knows and Hannibal knows immediately. But uh, because I think they have this weird, like, understanding between them. Not exactly a bromance, but... uh, (laughs) So Clarice takes this questionnaire to Dr. Lecter, and then uh, he tries it. He talks to her about Buffalo Bill, and he kind of will give her clues in exchange for um, her information about her from her past. So she kind of goes on multiple occasions to the Baltimore State Hospital for the criminal insane to talk to Hannibal, and he'll kind of give her... Um, clues periodically and she will go and kind of find out other things about Buffalo Bill Um, and she gets taken to uh, the autopsy of Buffalo Bill's sixth victim Um, Buffalo Bill's MMO is he will kidnap larger women and then he will put them in a big pit and then he will starve them for a few days and then he skins them to make a woman suit because, yeah, just the most disturbing thing in the world. Uh, then he dumps their bodies in rivers where it will get discovered later. Um, Hannibal kind of seems to know what Bill will do before the FBI has found out. So he gives a clue about a moth that um, they find in the sixth victim's throat. So... Uh, these kind of clues lead them closer and closer to Buffalo Bill. And while they're investigating him, uh, Senator Ruth Martin's daughter, Catherine Martin, gets kidnapped by Buffalo Bill. So increased pressures on the FBI to um, catch him. So as the pressures increase, Starling gets sent by uh, Jack Crawford to Hannibal Lecter with a deal that he will get him out of the state hospital uh, and in a place with, like, a view or whatever, um, in exchange for information that will lead to Buffalo Bill's capture and the rescue of Senator Martin's daughter. Uh, but while she's making this deal, Chilton, who is, like, the head of the hospital or whatever, his, uh, Lecter's prison guard person, who is the scum of the earth and a piece of shit, he records the conversation... And uh, finds out that the deal is a lie. And then he presents Lecter with his own uh, his own proposition that he will get out. So Lecter says that he'll give him information, but only specifically like face-to-face with Senator Martin. In Tennessee. So Dr. Lecter gets taken to Tennessee where he gives bogus information about Buffalo Bill. And so Clarice goes to Tennessee where uh, Lecter's being held in a less secure area. And um, he gives her kind of the final clue that Buffalo Bill covets what he sees every day. And then he makes her tell him his worst memory, which is when her worst memory Clarice's when she 
Uh, when her father is killed, she has to go to her cousin's house, who slaughters lambs, and then she sees that, so she runs away with a horse named Hannah, and then she gets caught and sent to an orphanage. So the silence of the lambs comes from that story. So Clarice goes to where the first victim is from, because that's like the direct connection to Buffalo Bill. And kind of by a fluke, she ends up in Buffalo Bill's house as she follows leads and uh, goes face to face with him uh, in this dark, terrifying labyrinth. And uh, she ends up shooting and killing him in the dark because she's a badass. And then uh, she rescues Catherine and then during all this, Lecter manages to escape, and he like cuts off a policeman's face, puts it on his own face, and hijacks the ambulance that takes what who they think is the um, police officer, and he, yeah, ends up getting away, getting all this plastic surgery, and um, going after Chilton. And that's, I think, where they leave it off, except for Hannibal Lecter sends Clarice, like, a message and is like, are the lambs not screaming anymore, Clarice, in a better and creepier way than I just did? The end. It's bright and sunny, man. Yeah. Just great. So, uh, what'd you guys think? General impressions? Well, I want to know something. Yeah. So you've read the book before, mm-hmm. and you've seen the movie before, Maddie. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, you've seen the movie, but you haven't read the book until now. Hopefully, I've never seen the movie. <gasps> really? I've read the Ooh. book before, and no, I mean I read the book for this. Um, okay. and I read it in like a day, almost. Um, oh, it's a page turner. Same. It what? Oh my god! It was. Um, and then I've also seen the Hannibal television show. Right. So Mac, have you read the other books? No, the they're uh, on my library request list. Red Dragon is good. Oh, I feel like I don't even remember. Oh, I do remember the other one. Maybe Hannibal Rising. No, Hannibal yeah. Rising. There's is two the that I get one. mixed up. I think Hannibal the oh. Cannibal is the first one. It's just Hannibal, guys. No. Not Hannibal the Cannibal. Is it's it? not called Hannibal the Cannibal. Uh, I'm looking or it is up. it? I mean, Man, I'm kind of wondering now. I think it's that just reminds Hannibal. Me I don't think a publisher my... would publish a book called Hannibal the Cannibal if they want it to be a serious 1980s era thriller. They totally would. You don't know. My favorite joke that I've read about this book so far is somebody is like talking to Thomas Harris and is like, all right, so give us your new idea. I really hope it's better than that last book you have about a guy named Herderer who's a murderer. <laughs> okay, so the first one is Red Dragon. Second oh. one, Silence of the Lambs. Third one is Hannibal. Fourth, Hannibal Rising. I don't think I've read Hannibal Rising, but all the other ones are good. And if you buy the whole set, you get us. Uh, and if you buy the whole set of books, you also get a free set of steak knives. We recognize the irony. Um, okay. Joke buck spent. Also, I am not going to edit out that false start. <laughs> You're welcome. 
<laughs> so wait. Yeah, please edit out my false I wasn't start paying attention. during so Mac, Beyonce. You're mean. You've never read the book, Mac, right? I've read the no, book. No, I mean before this. And you haven't no. seen the movie? I've seen the movie. Oh. I was like, is someone not... Just... So we all knew the ending before we read the book, right? Basically. I don't know. Kill the face off. No. Guy says the word Clarice really creepily. I did that's not. That whole situation. I guess that is kind of the end, but that's not like the end, you know? I did not know. Like, I vaguely knew about the face cutting off thing, which is why I've avoided the movie. Um, it just looks like a bloody mess, you know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I didn't know about, like, all the Buffalo Bill stuff. Like, I completely forgot that that was even a thing. If I knew it at all. Okay, so now I know where we're thanks, all coming from. Thanks to the movie. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Thanks to the movie, I can now no longer picture Buffalo Bill as talking anything other than how Buffalo Bill would talk. Well, Carrie doesn't know. She hasn't seen the movie. Well, it's it's about as iconic as I'd no say Bane. Spoilers. So now, yeah, don't spoil his voice. Don't spoil this like 1980s thriller that is a staple of modern American it's a 90s thriller. Dude, I haven't the book seen came out in '88. I don't think I've seen the movie in like 12 years. I I think I watched it my yeah, freshman year of college, and then I haven't watched it since then. But you can't. You still can't avoid Buffalo Bill. I mean, I obviously I remember the face thing. That's kind of the big thing, and then I remember Buffalo Bill a little bit, but more I remember that just the iconic put the lotion in the basket situation. Yes, that's so the big thing, which did not happen in this move in the book. The lotion? I thought he did have. No, that the totally lotion happened, happened, in the book. but he didn't say put the lotion. Put the lotion in, in the, the basket. Put the lotion in the basket. Yeah. Oh, it gets the hose. I've oh, never sorry, I ruined the voice. Understood that until now because I like, don't he, know what he was talking about. He wants her to keep her skin like moistened. So he says, "Put the lotion in the basket." Oh, because uh, he wants to bring the basket back up. Okay. I thought he, he doesn't want her to keep the lotion. Else. What would she do with it? You know, moisturize. Just moisturize. constantly moisturize me. Oh my god. Can I say that I no. think the absolute worst part of this book was when she threatened to hurt the dog. And I was <gasps> like, nothing better happened to this dog. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Well, there's a woman being held in a basement. I, was gonna I don't say, care about a dog at I, that point. You guys know that I love dogs more than I love any of you but if it yeah, was fair. like absolutely fair <laughs> yeah but if i was like in a pit and like i knew that this serial killer was killing people skinning them and then dumping their naked bodies into rivers then i would probably oh god i can't even say it i agree but i, I get where she's coming from you think you that snap a dog serial not serial that survival instinct would just be like Maddie, I don't think I could do it, though. I think I could threaten to do it. I don't know. I don't think I could actually do it. I could definitely it. threaten to do it. Because that dog, it's not that dog's fault. Like, Yeah. See, they're innocent, and they don't know what's happening, and it was scared. 
And oh, you're gonna make me cry. I'm I'm gonna make myself cry. I, I just wouldn't do it because then I wouldn't like, have a bartering chip identity because of this. Because I don't know if I would save myself or the dog. Right? Like, okay, my friend had like a, a an oven fire in her apartment like a couple weeks ago, and what? um, she has a cat that she loves like her son, and um. She couldn't get him in the carrier, so she grabbed the cat and went out onto the porch and, like, called the fire department. And, and she... then realized she had a daughter? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the firemen came and they knocked on the door and then they were like, is anyone here? And she was like, yeah, I'm out here. And they're like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you still around? <laughs> and then she was like, I couldn't get my cat. And then, so... <laughs> Brady, her boyfriend, was making fun of her, like, you are willing to die to save the cat. And she was like, 100%. And I was like, if it came down to it, to save Ella, like, I would put myself in severe danger. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a different situation. That's more of, like, a heroic and... Also, it's your dog. That dog was not her dog. Yeah, true. She did yeah, not no. have quite that emotional attachment to the dog. But it's Obviously, still a dog. I know it is still a dog. Well, that's what I'm saying, Carrie. I don't think I could actually go through with it, but I could 100% threaten to kill this guy's dog if yeah. he would let me go. Yeah. Anyway, so Lotion and starting these off about on having to hurt dogs. Yeah. I like starting these off on cherry topics. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no. So, like, the lotion in the basket thing, I never understood what it meant, and I always thought it was some euphemism for, like, being trans. Scoring a three-pointer? No, like... <laughs> really? What? Yeah. So like, you would hear it in, like, AFI's, AFI's, like, 100 biggest movie quotes, and you would think it was about being trans? Like, no, I thought it was, like, specifically the act of, like, tucking. Oh, I get it, because you're putting a lotion lotion in in a basket. Yeah, and I was like, I do not understand this reference. Like, why are these (laughs) two things being equated? It's like like the old statement, like, you get the two bunnies to go around the tree to describe tying your shoe. Yeah. But with tucking. No, it has nothing to do with tucking or being trans. It's literally about putting a lotion in a basket. Okay, I'm really glad. Although it I'm is, really glad I, that this I like is happening this... live. Uh, I mean, recording. This is my eternal shame. Semi live. Although this is a good transition into <laughs> transition into uh, the next topic. Um, I gotta say, for a book that was written in the late '80s, they are actually surprisingly like supportive of transsexuals. Like there were two points in the book when characters who were very highly regarded as intellectual individuals stated very obviously, this is not a transsexual. This is a person who only thinks they are. They're severely disturbed and should not represent the transsexual uh, community at large. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the correct terminology anymore. That's not the most updated. Well, uh, well, okay, now we have different concepts when it comes to sexuality and gender. And so, like, one of the more popular terms nowadays is transgender because you've swapped genders, not necessarily tra- not necessarily sexuality. Right. Yeah. That is true yeah, that they were using. But for the, for the time, the terminology of the time is more, uh, like, actually correct. 
Yeah, I was I was impressed generally were with their wokeness. I'm not gonna lie. Thomas yeah. Harris well close. done, Hannibal. And there yeah, were Hannibal some uh, more people. feminist undertones in like the way that they make you hate Chilton immediately. Because oh, he's all yeah. like when Clarice yeah. goes in, he's all smarmy and then she's like Oh well, I'm a professional, so that's uh, that shit's not gonna fly. And then he was like, "Oh well, I guess the FBI is being taken over by women like everywhere else." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I hate you and everything you represent." Yeah. Thank you for setting all your cards on the table, sir. Now please eat this rock. <laughs> this is one of my notes about the book. It's just fuck Chilton. Period. Yeah. Yep. That's one of mine too. <laughs> no way. Yeah, what? I was it's just like, like everything that that character has to go through and deal with in Hannibal, like the show. Yeah, I totally support now. Like <laughs> he has to literally hold his guts in his hands. Cool, I'm for it. Yeah, he. So like, can I ask? So you, did you yes. guys cast? So when you guys read books, I'm excited we get to talk about reading books together. Um, when do we yeah. not? No, but I mean, like, we never get into this like deep discussion. So when you read Except books, for Harry Potter. Well, duh. Harry Potter is its own separate thing, and we could have a daily podcast about it. But No, we could <laughs> Yeah. Um, but when you read books, do you create people in your head, or do you cast celebrities to play the role? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you go, this person reminds me of this person. Or do you just kind oh. of have, va- when you get a description, you just kind of vaguely piece together a person, but you never see a face? I 100% yeah. like make the person in my head. Like I do not cast anybody in it. Okay. Um even yeah. like if I've if if the book has a movie and I've had enough space like between like watching the movie and reading the book, like it'll like revert back to my initial mind. Yeah. characterization. It's hard when um if I've seen the movie first that I can't help but like think of it in those like, terms or like in those like people in those roles. But uh, when I read a book, I kind of have like, I kind of think of the character as like the most defining traits. Like they say someone is like, I don't really know how to describe tall, it. Tall, like, redhead, and has like yeah, weird hair. Lanky. Yeah, if they say like tall, redhead, then... I will think of like tall redhead and then they're they're kind of like an amorphous blob. <laughs> so like if someone asked me like, "Oh, what kind of a nose do they have?" I wouldn't be able to say, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless it was specified. Yeah. With me, it's kind of a, how well they cast them in the show or movie cuz Hannibal I absolutely pictured as like movie Hannibal, you know, the whole like Clarice like, and having sunken Anthony eyes Hopkins. and having every word bleed into everything else. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, absolutely who I saw. Everybody else, I was just pictured either actors I thought would be good for the part or just created a person in my head. What about in general, Mac? Like when you read a book and there's no movie equivalent, like would you take uh, an actor or someone in real life and like impose that on the character or would you create your own? I take an actor and then I modify them physically as needed for the part. For a book. Wow, that's a... In your head. A little... 
See, I Invasive. kind of, I mixed her. What do you mean? I think it, this is a thing <laughs> happening in my brain. No, it's fine. I now have permission to be angry at you for insinuating. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> I think I'm closer. These are the jokes, guys. <laughs> I'm closer to Maddie. Bad I think. jokes. Lord, I don't know. Oh my god! Speaking of, well, I'll go back to that. I think I'm similar to Maddie Weir because I do the same thing almost where they're. I can kind of have like a human shape with the pieces on it that matter that are spoken yes. about. What? But that's when I read the Wink. book first. And then when I, honestly, when I see the movie or TV show first, I will make a conscious effort to not picture the actor, but then it makes me pick a different actor. Like, hmm. so that I, so, cause that's my conscious effort of going someone else in this role. And it doesn't always work. Like, I still, every time I read Jack Crawford, I was picturing Lawrence Fishburne. And then I was, like, trying so hard not to picture Lawrence Fishburne that I started picturing, like, J.K. Simmons or something. Like, Hmm. so I was still picturing an actor, but I was trying to make it not the person who was already cast in that role. But this is the whole point of this, why I brought this up. When it's Chilton, I actually really couldn't see Raul Esparza at all. Because of the way he's described in the book. Because he's the guy who plays him in Hannibal, the show. Mm-hmm. And I kept picturing a mixture of, like, Louis Anderson and, like, Garrison Keillor together. Like, as this, like, weird, almost like a male umbrage, which I was like, I just want to hate everything about you. And you look like a giant weird toad. Yeah, I did Chilton. not picture Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal at all. No. no, I pictured Mads more than I pictured Hopkins. It yeah, it was like a weird amalgamation of like Mads Mikkelsen, but also like short and not with an accent. Can and I like, tell you who ugly. I pictured? Who Ben Linus from Lost? Michael Emerson. Yes. Oh, because he's no, I think he'd be definitely more Hannibal. like him. Yeah. He's short. Yeah. He's in, he can play very intelligent. He can play very creepy, but he can also play like so creepy and smart that he's charming. Like Hannibal was killing people for years before anyone like even caught on to it. You know, he was super charming. So I can I can totally see Michael Emerson like doing that. So I kept trying to picture yeah. Ben Linus. I know. It's Ben Linus. Come on. But that's who I kept seeing when I was trying to picture Hannibal because I kept trying not to picture Mads Mickelson. Well, I think I a lot is him. like, I think his, I don't know. I feel like his body's kind of different too. Like, I think that Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins, uh, Anthony Hopkins creates like an amazing presence that's kind of a, in my head separate from the book Hannibal. Like he is an amazing actor who cre- like kind of created this character, but um, in my head, I feel like I think of you know, like more like a Ben Linus character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I one hundred percent can see that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm still going Hopkins. Uh. We can stop talking about actors because we'll probably talk yeah. about actors when we get to we're actually watch the movie. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, this is books. So we don't, there's no actors in the books. Let's talk about letters. My favorite is X because I was raised in the 90s. 
You're ridiculous. So I have some questions. Does anyone else have prepared questions or comments? No, I did not take notes. I was on airplane when I read a lot of this. (laughs) Well, I took notes after the fact. Like, I actually, I read the book over a course of probably... I read the first couple chapters over a couple days, and then when I started really getting into it, I just read the whole thing. Yeah. Let's hear your question. Do you not remember, like, me? Yeah, you read it. No, yeah, on the plane back from Utah. Yeah, and then I, like, the book I didn't want to stop, so I was walking through the airport reading it. I remember that. You were reading it. Because you guys took, like, like, the tram thing, and then I was like, nope, I'm gonna walk and read, and then I walked and read, and I... Was very you, like intimate. made me turn on the light in the car yep. so that you could read in the car. Yeah, it's very yeah, like it's uh, middle school carry. It was very middle school. It was hilariously middle school carry. <laughs> Good okay, books so turn me not... into a brat. What can I say? <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm trying to read. <laughs> um. So, how? far-fetched do you think it is for an FBI trainee to be allowed to do all of that stuff that she was allowed Very. to do? Pretty far-fetched. I feel like it doesn't... I have no idea what the FBI is like, but I have the impression that there are more, like, protocols and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like she was allowed to do a lot of things that FBI trainees normally wouldn't, but I also feel like Thomas Harris made an effort to try and address that yeah yeah i feel like there's a big issue with not issue but um i forgot to mention in my little synopsis that clarice is kind of on the verge of getting kicked out of school um because she's helping out with this investigation but uh like missing all of her classes yeah especially during testing season yeah um, I mean, that's not much of a moral choice. I mean, you're choosing between a life and spending one more year in school. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop. Did everyone? I just lost everyone. Yeah, you froze for a minute. Did you still hear me? Um, I mean, it it was okay. Like you 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 were breaking up for like the very beginning of like a sentence, and then you were okay. I'm wondering if I they wonder slowed if our, our timing is going to be off. I don't know. Well, I mean, of, we all started our recordings at the same yeah, time. Yeah, your so. picture started getting weird. Um, and we just ha- passed our 40 gigabyte limit. But It's not me. Oh. It's October 1st. I know, it's supposed to go... Yeah. Anyway, I think we're back. It rolls over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're okay. Anyway. Go back. So we were talking about Clarice and protocols, and Mac, you just said something. Especially during testing season. Yeah. And, like, she kept... I did admire that she kept trying to pursue stuff, even though when she knew she might get, like, reprimanded or kicked out of the program. that's, like... That's like a human life versus spending another few months in school. Yeah, but it's not like she was the only person trying to solve the case. There were, like, a lot of people involved. So Yeah, and it's, like, her entire future as well. Like, this is what she wants to do with her life, and she's, like, devoted all 
Yeah, but I mean, she knew well, that she would be. I feel like she knew she would be able to find him, given enough like time and and concentration, if that makes sense. And like, yeah. if like I'm super stubborn, I would not have given up. I don't think if I were smarter. And she has that that weird connection with Hannibal Lecter, where. Like, no one has, like, he hasn't talked to anyone in years, except, I think, like, Barney, who is, like, the orderly. Um, but Barney's cool. Yeah, I like Barney. That was one of my other so, notes, yeah. was, like, the relationship between Clarice and Hannibal. It is definitely, I like that you talked about the give and take, like, uh, I'll tell you things about Buffalo Bill if you tell me things about your life. Mm-hmm. So he, and it's kind of strange because you don't really know if he, like, what his motives are in knowing Clarice, if he just wants to know her, if he wants to, like, kill her, if it's, like, a predatory kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, if he like wants to, like, kind of one her. of my, what, this is what I want to discuss, is, like, the insight into Hannibal Lecter. Like, why is he doing this? Like, what is his motivation? Is he doing all this stuff into him. I have just no idea. to amuse himself? Is he, like, just bored? Is it just... He's such a complicated character that you're just like... Is he just trying to get out of prison? Is he, like, resigned to the fact that he might be in prison, but maybe he notices this, this new thing happening? And maybe... I don't know. Well, I think he's originally uh, intrigued because... Um, just Clarice is a, a woman and, you know, a person who isn't Chilton or uh, someone coming to try and analyze him and like who's there for his help. So he has a pretty big ego. So I think he kind of wants to like maybe show off a little bit. And uh, also, I don't know if he originally like thought this could be possibly an opportunity for him to escape, but he definitely took the opportunity when, you know, it came up. Right. Oh, yeah. He's like, like that just fucking a master manipulator. And that like paperclip wants... and pen situation. You're just like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you, you can use a fucking pen to escape because of your stupid pocket mouth? I did like the complicated descriptions that they had of, like, the scanning process. No staples, no paper clips, make sure that there's nothing inside of the paper, that sort of thing. I, when we're, like, when we're done with this topic, I have another topic I'd like to bring up. But, like, um. He's just so, so smart. But he's almost that kind of creepy smart. Because it's just, he's literally... Above everyone in intelligence, so much so that he cannot make a human connection. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say that his intelligence is the only thing that separates him, though. It's also probably the fact that he's a psychopath, but... And doesn't have... Sociopath. He lacks empathy. Yeah, a sociopath. I love any time that Jack Crawford starts to talk about Hannibal Lecter, because... You can tell Jack Crawford has had so much experience with him that he almost has, like, a knowing thing. I don't fear Hannibal Lecter as much when I listen to Jack Crawford being like, this is just what he wants, this is just the kind of personality traits that he has. I don't feel like those are openly simplifications. I feel like those are just basic facts about his personality. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Jack Crawford was correct in telling the main character, don't tell him anything about yourself. Don't let him know anything about you at all. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has... Do you guys... 
more inside. That's it. Do you guys think real people like him actually exist? If they are, if they do exist, I don't think we'll catch them. Well, I like I know feel- that sociopaths exist clearly, and murderers yeah. and serial killers and stuff. Like, I th- but like genius auteur ones that you know have complicated inner lives and inner monologues and that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think any exist that are as smart as Hannibal. Like, I think his intelligence levels like beyond unless what. They do, and we just don't know because they have never been caught. That's my See, point. That's my point right there. something else I was thinking that was what I was going to bring up earlier is that do you think that the author has, like, created people that are, like, too smart that they wouldn't exist? Like, Clarice's leaps of logic, like, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Hannibal, well, that's, like, I don't think that they would be that smart in real life. That's you what know? I wanted to talk about, because Clarice is so smart. But then there are two very obvious clues that she's given, which I wrote down, where he talks about how he want how Buff so Hannibal says that Buffalo Bill wants a vest with tits on it, and then he literally says making a girl suit out of real girls. But it takes her the whole book to figure out exactly what he's doing. Oh my god, he's literally making a girl suit out of real girls. Suit out of girls, and it takes her that long to figure it out. Whereas earlier, she's making all these near, like, you're correct, like logical leaps of faith, especially when it comes to, like, that whole thing with the storage locker and the body and the thing with Klaus and Raspail, whatever's lover and everything. Yeah. But they show you all the dots that she connected and I just don't know, because, I see Just because you can follow the dots doesn't mean that without seeing the line with only one dot in front of you, you'd be able to make all the connections yourself. That she, with just a dot in front of her, would be able to make all of those connections herself. Like maybe I am just I mean, I know that I'm not as smart as Clary she's supposed to be in the book, but like I don't think that I feel like the author has just created more than larger than life yeah. personalities and yeah. characters. And, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to forgive larger than life. I don't want to watch a boring book about radio No, I mean, it definitely makes it incredibly interesting and it was a great book. Um, yeah. But like, just maybe not as realistic as, you know, like real life. life real life. For instance. Yeah. But then again, I mean, that fucking face mask thing, we've definitely heard things that are, like, worse than that that have happened in real life. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I definitely don't doubt human beings' abilities to Can be, be savage terrible in that way. and gross. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because... But just to be terrible and gross and that intelligent... And, you know, that strong and that good at, you know, manipulating and just everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I definitely think killers like Bill F- Buffalo Bill can exist because they do. And we've seen them and learned about them and, you know. Failed to catch them. And failed to catch Except them and then actually caught them. And um, because him is just kind of like that six weird He's got, like, a reason for everything, and he knows why he's skinning this, which, when I first remember watching, or reading, or maybe watching the movie, 
and they talked about the patches, the triangle patches of skin. I was immediately like, oh, they're going to make a coat because those are like darts that you would put in a shirt. <laughs> I've and never then I made felt a shirt. Real grossed out. Um, but also impressed that you knew things? A little bit. Well, because I was in college, I was impressed with everything that I knew. Um, <laughs> which has only really, to be honest, lightly uh, lessened since then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think. But still. He created a little bit larger than life characters, but I feel like that's the nature of novel writing when you're writing a novel like this. Yeah, but we were just talking about the realism of the characters. Like those two Smithsonian guys, I've 100% met people like that. Yeah. Oh, that brings me to another point. So, one of the Smithsonian guys, the entomology experts, I'm pretty sure she ends up with one of them at the end of the book, right? Yes. Yes. I don't know if you want to say ends up, but she connects with. Yeah, they go out. Wink. Sleeps with. Yeah. But question, like, do you feel like that was sort of retconned in? Like, was that needed? No, I think that it might have been a little it was it's unnecessary to the story, but I feel like it helps round it out, you know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't sense a lot of chemistry between the two of them in any of their previous scenes. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. They connected I, in- intellectually. They connected intellectually and they connected in a very intense situation. Yeah. Which I find when people meet in an intense situation, you cut past all the bullshit and you go, we have the same fundamental truth of like intelligence or whatever, and we admire that. So let's just hang out and bang or whatever. (laughs) And it's literally what he did. He was like, I have this house with a ton of dogs on a lake. And I'd be like, yes. (laughs) Immediately. I know exactly where I'm going tonight. I guess there are still yep. some facets of the feminine mind that escape my grasp. <laughs> Good luck, Catherine um, Baker. Fine. I'm going to hang out with a bunch of dogs. Yeah. Um. Uh, Baker, what was I going right? to say? Martin, not Baker. Who's Catherine Baker? It's Catherine know. Baker. She's Martin. an actress. Yes. I knew it. Because there's what the Senator Ruth. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, Senator Ruth. I think it was interesting. That okay, this was written in like, it was published in eighty eight, so it was probably written like a little bit before then. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but like that you have, first of all, such like a strong female character, and second of all, that like there's there's very little romance in there for her. Like it I don't think it would have been entirely pop like not not possible, but um improbable for there to have been like a main char- main female character with zero ma- romance. But, like, it was very, very downplayed in this story. It wasn't even a romance. It was just more like a connection. And she wasn't really even focused on him. Oh, yeah, totally. Until, which is, yeah. Which I, I agree with you. I love, I think that was really cool. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it would have been, like, my preference for there to have been none of that at all. Like, <laughs> because just to, like, focus. She's down to business. <laughs> yeah, just, like, focus on her. You know, just, like, Clarice. Like. She's in school. Without- you're trying to learn all this shit, and you're really stressed out because you're chasing a serial killer. Because the leader of yeah. the unit you want to be in singled you out. Like, and you're failing yeah. all your classes. But a girl's got a date. Yeah. Ah. Uh. I did like that female solidarity <laughs> thing that kept popping up in the book, where she was like, 
you know, I, I empathize with this person. I probably experienced a lot of the things that she's experienced. She's probably scared right now, and that's what I've got to get her out. Yeah. yeah. And her like, roommate was pretty cool. Her roommate was cool. Yeah. What was her name? Ardelia? Love Adelia? Ardelia? Obelia? I don't remember. Amelia? Something like we'll that. We'll just call her Cool Girl. <laughs> cool roommate. Um, it's, it's a good, uh, not inspection, but, like, it's a good display of the whole boys club mentality when it comes to law enforcement uh, like, yeah how like none of them will talk yeah, to for sure. her like come on yeah or even at the well, is the tennessee thing or in the i can't remember which one or at the storage locker all of it yeah <laughs> but especially oh, like when they yeah when they do investigate like go see the the body of that girl oh yeah with the darts where is it, Tennessee? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, don't the locations. The... Actually, one thing I did want to say is, I think he described the locations very well. Like he, his use of language was really good. Yeah. Like I, I could like, picture. I'm definitely reading the other books. Yeah, I could picture exactly where he was talking about, and everything, and not even like the places in. Like I wasn't picturing the things from the movie or from the from the Hannibal show. I was picturing like things of all, all their own. Were there any points in this book when you guys were reading it and suddenly like it burst you like, wait, I would never think like this. Oh right, it was written by a man. Hmm. Uh yeah, there were a couple of times. There yeah, there probably I feel like there was. I can't like I can't pinpoint. Exactly. Was so they weren't distracting, times... obviously. Yeah. Right. Was one of those times when the woman thought that she could have sex with the serial killer to get herself out of the pit? I've never been held captive by a serial killer, so I don't know how a female would think in that situation. I don't think that in that situation, like, if there's no, like... If there's obviously no interest, like, um, Jame was treating her like an animal or like even less than that. He, she was just like something to like harvest skin from, which is the worst. And, uh, so, I mean, if there had been like an opening, then, you know, maybe she would have gone for it. But, I mean, she can probably tell that he's not showing any interest whatsoever. Yeah, the the time for seducing your way out of a situation kind of ended when you woke up in a pit. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I have heard stories where women have thought that before. Like, maybe yes. I can seduce my way out of this. Because, do you think that's though, because a lot of times women are taught that their sexuality is a weapon? And it's something to be used. A commodity, Not exactly. necessarily a weapon, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. maybe it is at this point because it's treated like that. I mean, it shouldn't be, obviously. But if you're like, I, just, I need to do just, anything in my power to get out of the situation, and this is within my power. I guess I see what you're saying, Mac, but I do think... Yeah, it was a really weird situation for me to, like, read a woman, like, very intricately planning her seduction plan, and I'm like, you're trapped in a pit, lady. This is what? not what you should be thinking. Was she planning that? Wasn't she, like, down at the bottom of a pit and there was some kind of intricate, like, plan inside of her head? Maybe I could have sex 
like have sex my way out of this? She floated it. <laughs> I wouldn't say have that she. <laughs> I don't think that she was like this is step A, this is step B, this is step C. I think she was like maybe it's a possibility, and then she, she realized like, it wasn't. What are all my options? And then yeah. she saw him and went, "Oh, that's not an option," <laughs> because he wants me for my skin. I, yeah, I just and thought it was a really weird. Can we talk it. about how creepy everything is? <laughs> like, Very yeah, we can talk about. How I have a everything note is. that just says "hella creepy." The body dump and the <laughs> skinning of the overweight women, and then like the the weird energy, dark maze, and then his creepy fucking house. Oh my god, the whole basement situation. Oh god, putting yes. a skull moth in people's throats. Yeah, in the dark, there's like night vision goggles and the night vision goggles and he's like i love he was like i like bringing women down here and chasing them in the dark it's a lot of fun (laughs) and uh Uh, yeah i was he did an incredibly good job writing crazy people out a lot of the time sorry it definitely brought to to mind the um phrase that georgia uses the the coochie twinge you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't. No. 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 I can't believe this happened. Oh, yeah. no. Hell, just hella creepy. Um, Question. Yes. If you could get a good deal on it, would you want to buy that house? No. No. No, no way. No, no, no. I mean, if I had I all the money that specific in the world, house? I would buy it and burn it to the ground. If there, if the deal was like, here's this house and here's one billion dollars to buy another house, then I would take that house, <laughs> burn it, and then buy another house. Okay, what's your opinion on rebuying murder houses in general? I think it depends on the murder. You can't avoid it yeah. entirely. Like, the human race cannot say someone was murdered here no one can live here again because then no one could live anywhere so somebody's got to live there yeah but i think it depends so basically he had a retrofitted house specifically made to keep women and it was hella creepy versus i shot my wife because we got into an argument in this house like i think there's a difference in the murder houses what if it was one of the specifically manufactured to trap people, but it was like a fancy mansion? No, you mean I don't like want to live in a mansion normally? The murder hotel. Do you mean H.H. Yeah. H. Holmes? Although I think H.H. H. Holmes would be an apt what, metaphor. I probably would buy H.H. H. Holmes Murder Castle. Maybe I it's because heard... we're far removed from it. Maybe it's because I like that era of time. I don't think it would be a comfortable place to live because in reading Devil in the White City, which is supposed to be fairly accurate, yeah. it didn't sound like a nice place. Yeah, like, but really? Like, dark and it's gross. No, you were... Murder Castle. Well, I, no. Carrie said it was I uncomfortable. She just ruined the Murder I Castle for me. I can't live somewhere uncomfortable. I would three rooms to be modernized and everything else I would keep exactly the same. You would live there... I doubt that. I would. Um, I hello. It's prime Chicago. First of all, Chicago, it's like prime Chicago like... real estate. Thank you. <laughs> would you live alone there? Oh, no. Hell no. I'd make all of you move in with no. me. No. I'd rent I... out the rooms no, and have people live the experience. 
It's like, mean, I could make an escape room in the murder castle. No. Um, that's a terrible idea that's so disrespectful to the people that were murdered there. That's yeah, like, I don't yeah. think that's... That's, that's like yeah, tourist-izing okay. where these people were murdered. Have murdered. any of you okay. guys read Devil in the White City? No, it's on my book. Point of order. Okay, there's this one part. Just, just picture this. There. <laughs> Can you picture that? <laughs> there's uh, a one of the rooms that he designed to kill someone in was like this airtight room. It was a woman that, if I remember correctly, he had seduced and married and. He thought that she like she thought that they had like this life together, and then um, she found herself un- like he knocked her unconscious, and then he locked her in this room and like piped this gas in, and like it there was like some weird chemical reaction where like she had tried to get out of this room like with fingers with oh. arms, and then there was like. At one point, she kicked the door with her bare foot, and there, when the police were investigating him, they found half of the footprint just on the door, and that is the only trace that they could find of this woman. Oh. They didn't even and like they couldn't even like track like track it to her. Oh no! Yeah, point of order: maybe. out of the three, out of the four of us. Which is the one that did not pay money to go tourist visit the Tower of London, i.e. Torture Central, United Kingdom? Well, to be fair, the Tower of London has been around basically since 1078 in some form or another. And it's served so as years. a home. It's served as a prison. Is it That's... 1600, Mac? It's... What? No, no, no. I mean, in 600 years, it would be appropriate for me to buy Murder Castle. Well, the, th- the thing about the Tower of London is that it's not only a murder castle or a torture dungeon. It was like a place to live. I mean, it's served tons. <laughs> You're talking to someone who's watched an eight hour documentary about it, first of all. <laughs> You're talking to somebody who watched it right next to you. You didn't watch that whole thing with me. I was by myself most of the time. No, you weren't. Were you? And there? I was there the rest. Yeah, I was. Anyway. I know about old Copper Nose. Yeah. Okay, so we've all established we would not buy this murder basement dungeon place. Yeah, we wouldn't. I would not yeah, buy Yeah, not this one Buffalo specifically. Bills, Bills's? Buffalo <laughs> Bill's house. All right. Um, sorry. Carrie, did you ever talk about that thing you wanted to talk about? Yeah. That you were like, okay. Where the characters were written smarter than I feel like oh, okay. people would be in that situation. So I want to know, do you think Crawford was a bitch for hiding info from Starling so that Lecter wouldn't sense that she knew it? Or do you think that was a smart move? I think it was a smart move. I think it was manipulative um, from, you know, Clarice's perspective. And I mean, kind of objectively, but uh, it got done what needed to be done he was kind of taking a gamble on whether he would talk to her and in this kind of situation where uh women are being killed then yeah i think it definitely merits that yeah like i wouldn't love it if i were clarice but i would understand it yeah yeah which i can't think kind and of. he knows like 
he knows how Lecter thinks. Somewhat. Yeah. Um, why did you think of the Bella situation? What do you mean? Like, to me, <sighs> it's kind of felt out of place. Because it's the only thing in the books that had nothing to do with the main plot other than, hey, Jack Crawford is really stressed out emotionally, physically, mentally, because of all this. I feel like it makes a bit more sense, like, in context of that it's a series, so, so you I need to know read about Bella. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes more sense in that, like, Jack and Hannibal have this relationship, and Hannibal references, like, sorry about Bella, and it and kind Will of Graham. adds more to the characterization of Jack, and more to the character characterization of Hannibal, because... Um, Jack's like, Jack asks Clarice, did you tell him that, uh, anything about me? Did you tell him like about Bella or whatever? But, uh, and she didn't. Hannibal just knew. Hannibal just knew because he was that smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it was like outside of the, the scope of the book because, it does really humanize Jack as a character. Okay. I guess I just felt it felt a little out of place because of the plot, but... I don't know. I will say, like, when you were talking earlier about, like, char- like picturing, like, characters as actors, I definitely saw Gina Torres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As who? A hundred percent. Like, I didn't see Lawrence Fishburne as Jack, but I still saw Gina Torres as Bella. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. No, did you guys Wait, picture... did you see, like, an old version of Gina Torres? No. Why would she be older? Didn't she die of, like... Cancer. Age? Oh. Bella. We're talking about Jack Crawford's wife. Jack Crawford's wife. I always just assumed the two of them were really old, because he was about no. to retire. And she was dying. How old do you think you are when you retire? I mean like in the 80s. 70. In the like 80s, 70. you were oh, like 62. Like that day. Oh. Like 65. They, yeah. they gave you the watch or the rock or whatever, and you went on your merry way. Oh, because they were mildly more functional times, economically speaking. They're basically mom and dad's age. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, except now. No, I. Are you? Do you think they're ready to die of old age? <laughs> well, I don't think they're ready. I feel like mom is like <laughs> they're not even ready. Than I am. Mom was like, "We really should probably think about a will." I was like, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> You're sixties. I think they already have a will. They have they a do, weird, but it's statement. like twenty years. It's old. Not like a will. Well, they have a way. Uh. No. In the will, okay. they're still giving custody of us, their grown adult children, to somebody. Hmm. Um, what did you guys think Jack Crawford looked like? J.K. Simmons. Lawrence Fishburne. An Orange. older white Orange man. I kind of actually summed An older him. white man with jowls and a big nose. Like Gibbs? Josh Gibbs? No, not like Josh oh. Gibbs. So I, I pictured him like shaved head, oh, like the guy from CSI. like big droopy jowls and a big like cherry nose. William Grissom, William yeah. Peterson, Grissom. not William Grissom. No. That was his character name. He's like 
If anything, I'd compare him to like an elderly Jewish actor, but I can't picture who specifically because I don't have all elderly Jewish actors memorized. How dare you? Why? Everyone else wow. does. Hmm. All right. So um, one of my favorite quotes is, or well, something I had to look up was, Clarice hoped Crawford wasn't on the juice, which means she hopes he isn't like an alcoholic because he keeps like throwing alcohol, Alka-Seltzer in water and drinking it. Oh. And she thinks he's like got a hangover or something. You had to look that up. Yeah. So condoms. Well, I mean, to be shadow. fair, I just thought it was shooting up heroin. I always thought it was cocaine because this took place in the 80s in Washington, D.C. So we were all wrong. Except for- Katie had the best reason to believe her <laughs> hypothesis. I knew she was talking about I thought about maybe steroids. Alcohol. Oh, I could see steroids, too, on the juice. What a Juicing. weird phrase, But I though. couldn't see why Jack would be taking steroids. Yeah, I can see it, too. Um, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> well, we already knew that. That's what that well, resting Well, I mean, you've always is. held that opinion, but... So maybe a resting disdain face is more of an on-purpose disdain face most of the time. Maybe it's more of a entirely honest with myself face. <laughs> it's her Daria I face. I am better than all of them. <laughs> Daria yes. face. Oh totally. Um, yeah, that's right. I dropped a bit of early 2000s comedy. Daria was the 90s, dude. Why? Yeah. What a child. You were... Never mind. Um, I will say I did cast Clarice in my head because I did not want to picture Jodie Foster. I pictured a younger Dana Scully. Do you think it's just because it was the 90s, though? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of went with Rosamund Pike because I feel she can play very intelligent and sharp, but she the point is she's supposed to look like blonde and pretty and blue-eyed. Girl on the train. Gone girl. That's what I meant. She's also um, in the Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley as Jane, the pretty one. And I forgot she was in one of the Brosnan Bonds as Miranda Frost. I don't know if you remember that. No. Yeah, it was Rosamund Pike, really young. Like a baby. As a Bond girl. Yeah. Somebody Somebody should come up with a game... That makes you guess whether somebody was a Bond girl or whether it's the name of an obscure comic book character. Miranda you Frost. come up with that game and we'll play it one time. You so got it. Into James Bonding. They're looking for stuff to do in their off weeks. They okay. spent a whole episode. I loved it so much. I, um, but I'm also part of that niche audience where they designed verbally a James Bond theme park. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I already love it. Please tell me there's a skiing skiing ride. Map, we'll talk about it later, but it sounded amazing. Some guy made a map. I'll okay. send you the link. Anyway. Okay, you know what? Fine. We'll switch it over naturally. Do you think that they could ever market a a uh, Silence of the Lambs theme park? No. And if so, what rides would there be? Okay, Mac, no, no. you know the answer to that question. I know. The first one is obviously going to be like a roller like coaster shaped like a moth. joke bucks in debt that's like tact bucks <laughs> i think he's used up some tact bucks yes yeah definitely. although i think i definitely used up a tact book this episode with my i really do kind of want that murder castle but not to market just to like preserve 
Anyway. Yeah, yeah it's a piece of history. I did not. I definitely used like an egotistical buck in this episode. <laughs> for sure. Um, I did not pick up on the William Rubin thing the entire time. And I don't know if it's because I, I haven't taken biology in so long. The fact that it was Billy Rubin. It's funny. Billy Rubin, like, the whole thing where he was like, the murderer is clearly this guy named William Billy Rubin. He has knife maker's disease, and he has this, and he has that, and it's just Hannibal Lecter fucking with people. Yeah. And like, I, I know that. about is- Billy Rubin, I just like, it didn't connect in my brain the entire time, and I found out the way the rest of the audience found out, and I felt really dumb. Who is Billy Rubin? Mac, it's do you the remember? fake uh, like... lead that Hannibal gave to Senator Murray. I know that's the fake lead, but what does Katie mean when she says she realizes something? Billy Rubin is a byproduct of um, when you break down blood, and Billy Rubin is what makes poop brown. If you didn't have Billy Rubin, your poop would be gray. Fun fact. Why are you all looking at me like that? Because <laughs> you were breaking up until you well... got to the poop part. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the important bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So yeah, there was the whole thing where Hannibal was basically making a joke. And they were all like, Billy Rubin? What? We must find this man. And it's like, no, it's a liver byproduct, you idiot. <laughs> oh, dude. Somehow, I don't remember how in the book, but they liken it to the color of um, Chilton's hair. Yes. Billy Rubin? Yeah, so he's like, you get shit hair, bro. <laughs> like, that's the whole, which is pretty dang smart, I have to say. That's the best. Yeah. Um, I did find out a fun fact about this book. Yeah. Rodell loved it. <laughs> and I was amazing. like, creepy. Just because he writes children's books doesn't mean he can't appreciate His adult literature. His books are really dark. Yeah. I think, didn't he write, I feel like he and, going back to the Bond thing, he and Ian Fleming, like, switched something up. So, like, Ian Fleming wrote the script for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and Rodell wrote some James Bond thing, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. They were weird British author friends. That's also very strange. I know. The much lesser known and creepier Tolkien and Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah pretty much alright so when Maddie was talking about bodily functions that suddenly reminded me of a, a conspiracy theory that I heard about uh, Silence of the Lambs okay. okay so he was talking about eating somebody's uh, liver with uh, uh, fava beans and red wine right no. not Chianti not a Chianti like they say in the movie not a Chianti alright so did they switch because they thought everyone there's was a done. class there's a class of antidepressants back in the 1980s that would have been very likely that he would have been taking called monoamine oxidase inhibitors, or MAOIs. MAOIs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there are three things that you were not supposed to take with MAOIs, because if you did, uh, it would actually prove to be fatal. And guess what those three things are? Livers, fava beans, red wine. Yes, all foods that are high in tyramine, which uh, reacts badly with uh, uh, MO, MAOIs. Yeah. And so his, his little statement saying that he ate somebody's liver with uh, fava beans and red wine might have been an indication that he was giving 
that he was off of his meds. Mm, I don't think Hannibal Lecter would ever take meds. Yeah, I don't think you could force Maybe they didn't give him a choice. What? Are they going to pin him down and shoot him full of drugs every day? They've locked him up inside chairs before. They could, but I don't think they did. I don't think. I think they would have mentioned. Plus, he's got that pocket mouth. (laughs) The pocket mouth? Well, I mean, even if he had the pocket mouth, I mean, he does have the pocket mouth, but I don't think even if they gave him pills, he would have been able to hide them in his room. They search it regularly. That's true. Or he could have thrown it down the toilet. He could have toilet, mouth, yeah. But... He could have pocket mouth the pills and then threw them down the toilet. Do you think yeah. Hannibal Lecter would have benefited from modern psychological, I mean, modern drugs? No, he would have been smarter than any doctor that tried to treat him. That's true, and they would have just he would have just fucked him over mentally. Yeah. So, what's our verdict on this book? What, uh, we know Count the Penises is gonna suck for everybody involved, except men, like usual. Um, there's one female woman. Female woman? (laughs) There's a main. Hey, that's a a good term. We were talking about transgenderism. And then there's the senator, and then there's Bella, and then all the rest of the women are murder victims, pretty much. I don't think we can count them as present in this book. So actually, I did write it down. I tried to, anyway. There's What's your verdict? And? One. So, do we want to count Catherine Baker Martin just because she yeah, did, she's like... Yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah, she talks. We see her perspective. There's, like, five-ish women, and then, like, six-ish men, if you're talking main characters. Because there's, like, Jack Hannibal, the Smithsonian dudes, Dr. Chilton, Buffalo Bill... And then you've got Clarice, Catherine Baker Martin, the senator, Ruth Martin, her friend in school, and Bella. Oh, I forgot about the gun instructor. Ardelia Mapp. How cool is she? And then there was, like, that FBI guy. What, Maddie? Ardelia Mapp. I feel like it's a little late in the podcast to be talking about her, but she is awesome. The roommate? Yes. Yeah, she was was pretty awesome. Badass. Yeah, she was no, really she's awesome. amazing. She was cool girl. Because <laughs> we yeah. couldn't remember her name, so she was just cool girl. Ardelia Mapp is her name. Thank you, Maddie. She and cool girl cool. is her title. <laughs> so there's definitely more penises. Yeah. But how many stabs would you give this? I, yeah, eight or nine. As a nine. mystery, as a mystery, I'd probably give it uh, eight stabs, but as like a book, I'd probably give it ten stabs. Yeah, okay, yeah. As a mystery, well, it was pretty much a mystery until as they a mystery introduced Nine. Bill to us. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you, you know who he is. Like you see him during like the thing, but you don't know how he's connected, and you don't know, and you don't know uh, if he's dumb, and you don't know. Yeah, there are still dots left for you to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think as a mystery, I would give it, like, a 9, and as a book, I would give it a 10. Mm-hmm. Same here. American I'd classic. Go Gotta love it. So, yeah, I would... My last question was, could you read it again? And hell yeah. Yeah. Is my answer. I mean, I'm gonna be reading the other three at some point in my life. I know, I think I was gonna... I have read 
this. I'm game. kind of tempted to just watch Hannibal right now. I really want to watch the movie again. And I, I want well, to we say gonna want to watch I don't, we're probably going to do time. Red Dragon in the movie, but Red Dragon and the movie, I feel like the Red Dragon movie is one of the best depictions of a book that I've ever seen. Really? Yes. They, like, follow it very well. Oh, I think that's why I was picturing the Grissom guy as Jack Crawford, because he actually plays Will Graham in the in Red Dragon movie. In that movie, yeah. No, he doesn't. Grissom? That's what? Edward Norton. No. No, no, no. CSI Grissom. Yes. It's not Edward Norton. He totally plays Will Graham in Silence of the Lambs, doesn't he? I thought, was it Silence Grissom? of the Lambs? I don't yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen any of them. But I just <laughs> oh, know that the well, guy who played Grissom we'll, was We'll in. argue this later. Okay. So what are you the talking about? Is gonna, this is going to be unresolved. This okay. episode. So what are we watching next time, Maddie? Next time, we are watching Rear Window, the movie. And yeah, and are do we already go over what we were reading next? No the book, or do we not do that? We can do that. Not yet. Not yet. No, because uh, well, we can give people time so if they want to read it along with us. Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, in some future time, we are gonna be watching or not watching, watching with our eyes <laughs> along a page, <laughs> um, converting it into text for our brains. Yes. Brain watching. <laughs> um, uh, the Westing game. Yes. By, I think, Adam Raskin. Yep. Taking y'all back to sixth grade. One That's going to be our next books. book episode, is the Westing game. But the next chronological episode will be Rear Window. The Hitchcock classic. I would say the American film classic. Yeah, okay. I was actually just reading a fashion blog about Grace Kelly's outfits and Edith Head. I want to be like Grace Kelly. Okay. Uh, Maddie, so where can they find us? You can find us at uh, Mostly Murder Pod um, on Twitter and Mostly Murder But Sometimes Not at gmail.com. Yep. And what? I said yep. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah, just those yeah. two. Thanks. I was good episode, sure I was everybody. That. <laughs> I wasn't sure either. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it was a wild ride for all of us. <laughs> Baited breath. It took us to places we didn't yes. think we'd go. Biting my nails. Nail biter. Nail biter. All right. Thank you for listening, all right. everybody. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Enjoyable. Check it out, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>